you hear it often said that the website is the front door of the church. That's not the case anymore. The website is your foyer because in order for someone to go to your website, they basically had to make the decision to enter your home. Now, once they're on your website, that's your foyer, that's where you direct them to go. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by a new friend, uh, you know, face-to-face, and we've actually known each other on the internet uh, for several years, but uh, Justin Nava is with us today. Justin, thanks for joining us. Neil, thank you for having me and to all your listeners and your audience. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this. Uh, your time means the world to me as we have this conversation, whatever comes out of it, and I hope this is going to be the most valuable part of your week or your month and uh, what comes out today. So thanks for having me again, Neil. I love it. I love it. Well, and and getting to know you, Justin. I, I want to talk personal, and then I want to talk about uh, your what you do in marketing. Uh, so fascinated by just even what you've done around story brand and marketing and websites, and basically the digital front door that churches have today. But Justin, I know, and I get to you know that we're we're from the same hometown of Houston, Texas. Uh, but but share a little bit more about who you are and, and your background. Yeah, sure. So if we haven't met, first of all, I take full responsibility for that. I'm glad I get to introduce myself to you and your audience. Uh, My name is Justin Nava. I run a church marketing agency because I believe that the church could make a greater impact on their community if more people in the community just knew the church existed. So I've been uh, doing freelance marketing since 2012, but uh, at the beginning of last year, 2022, January, I opened the doors on my own agency, Nava Church Marketing, uh, so we can help equip churches with promotional uh, campaigns and practical proven marketing methods so they can reach more people, be better known and open up discipleship opportunities. I love it. I love it. And so how did you get into the niche of church marketing? Completely by accident. So not a lot of people know this about me. I'm actually a music major. And while I was a music major, I was also an intern at our church, but I was more on the tech and creative side. So about a month before I was to get married, I was still part-time at my church. And so I went to my pastor and I was like, hey, I'm about to get married. I need a full-time job or I'm going to have to go somewhere else. Pastor came back and was like, yeah, we want to keep you. At this Around the same time, the IT media director for the church and the private school we had on campus had just left. So they were like, hey, we can give you this full-time job if you just step into the role. Again, I was doing a lot of tech stuff. I had some computer experience just by growing up as a nerd. So uh, I took the job. And my first big project being IT media director was to fix our website. Uh, This was back in 2011. So our website was on Microsoft one page or front page. Can't remember what it was called. Front page, yeah, yeah. Front page. It was on Microsoft front page. Had people that weren't part of our church. Uh, Information was out of date. So I had to learn how to make a website. Now, you, you know this as well as I do, Nails, and I'm sure a lot of your audience does. Uh, asking an IT guy to build a website is like asking your plumber to fix a light switch, right? Like it's yeah. all connected, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> so yeah. essentially for six months, my only job at the church, besides fixing the occasional computer problem and running sound, was to learn how to build a website. This hmm. was before we had math, church communications, outlets, and programs and courses and trainings. Uh, I was in it on my own. So I took a lot of courses, and I don't share this often. I even went to the community college and took a class on this web design. Um, nice. It was design, but like I really just kind of showed up auditing the web part. Um, yeah. 
And I built a lot of bad sites. I broke a lot of things. I took a lot of things offline. It was a mess. But eventually, we got something that I was happy with, launched it. Again, our church at the time was like, hey, as long as it doesn't make us look crazy, let's do it. So we launched the site. Fast forward about three months, we had our church's new member orientation. This is every three months. We had a luncheon with all the people that joined the church so they could meet all the staff and we can kind of learn about them and and uh, and, and, be, and meet the families that just joined. Now, that quarter, we had an unusually high number of families join, 13 families. Uh, I don't think it was the most, but it was certainly bigger than average. Yeah. And at the part of the introductions, everyone stood up, introduced them, introduced their family. Pastor also asked them, what brought you to Memorial? What made you choose Memorial? 12, I wish I could say all of them, but 12 out of 13 families actually mentioned the website in some yeah. way, shape, or form. They either said, this looked like a place that I could be comfortable sending my kids to. This was a place that had people that looked like me. Um, we even had our sermons uh, online as audio before we really had video. So we yep. had audio. So some people said that they could listen to the sermons and see the pastor within a whack job. So we kind of realized that we were, I, I had accidentally figured something out. Um, fast forward a few months, God called my pastor to another church across the country. And he called me and said, hey, can you do for our church what you did for, for your church? Yeah. And uh, I built my first website like as a business or as a freelancer for yep. $500. Uh, okay. And so <laughs> I thought I was king of the world at that time. Yeah. Totally by accident. So I started building websites for people that I knew in my network. And then nice. I realized uh, the competition was getting fiercer and you couldn't just build a road. You had to get people on it. And so I had to learn about SEO. And I, then I had to learn that you can't rely on just free stuff. You got to pay to play sometimes. So I learned about advertising and um, tried to do a couple of joint ventures, a couple of work my way into some equity partnerships. Couldn't make anything work. So finally, like Thanos grabbing the gauntlet and saying, fine, I'll do it myself. I had to do it myself. And so at the beginning of last year, I opened up my own agency. I don't like being the the, the finance guy and P&L statements and all the hiring and firing and stuff, but if it's what I have to do to see this vision come to fruition, then I'm going to do it. So that's that's kind of how I accidentally got into this and just made it into um, kind of developed a program as part of it, made it my full-time business, and God's been good so far. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. And, and the need is great. I, mean, I think that the reality is that every church, and, and we don't like to use the term marketing a lot of times in the church, but but at the end of the day, every church has to have an online presence. And and I think the perception is even when we started this podcast is we're trying to get people to stop going to church. And that's not the reality at all, uh, is the, the internet is both a front door to your church, but it's also a way to keep people engaged throughout the week. Um, and and so these tools, uh, and, and, you, and you mentioned a number of them, Justin, is it's not just the website anymore because you can't just have a website if nobody's going to that website. And nobody's going to come, you know, I think practically even through the front doors of your building before they go through the, you know, homepage of your website. And they're not going to use the homepage of the website if your website doesn't show up on Google. And they're probably not going to find you, on, you know, online if you're not showing up in social media. So there's all these pieces now and it can feel overwhelming uh, mm -hmm. to a pastor and, and, and to a church, especially a smaller church. Um, Justin, I, you know, I want to get into so many different weeds and, and paths and, and we could probably talk all day. Uh, but I, you know, so I just bought, we didn't talk about this in advance, but I actually just bought a company called Church Press, uh, churchpress.co, cool. um, which, which will actually, you know, probably the next week or so be launching live 
relaunching uh, live, and it's a WordPress, um, you know, basically website hosting platform. Um, I would love to know. So I've been diving deep, and the reason I bought it, Justin, is because it's the it's you know it's kind of um, sold to me as the most SEO optimized church website platform, and I've just seen it so many times. Uh, churches will invest in a beautiful website, but then nobody's finding it on Google, <laughs> so it's almost useless. I would love to know what. One, are you a WordPress guy, Squarespace guy, Webflow guy? What what are you seeing even from a what's best for churches from a CMS standpoint? And then two, what are actually just SEO best practices? Because that's something we don't talk about in the church space much is how important search engine optimization is for, for churches. Sure, sure. So to answer your first question, no, I am not a WordPress guy. I'm sorry, WordPress guy. Um, okay. My my mouth is like my phone. It autocorrects. I've typed it so <laughs> yeah, many yeah, times yeah. that autocorrects. No, I don't use WordPress. Now that said, um, if you ask me to build this, in fact, we don't we don't renovate websites. If you ask us to come refresh or redo your site, unless we built it, we're not going to touch it, right? We are not yeah, renovators. Yeah. We are home builders um, because that's how we can maintain security and control. Yeah. WordPress is if you know how to use WordPress, great, right? Um, yeah. You know, it's like buy. It's like if you need a car to get to work, and someone says, "Hey, this race car is the fastest car," and it's like, yeah. you don't need that to go to work, dude. Um, so, you know, when it comes to website platforms, platform yeah. is a platform. It's a tool. You use the best yeah. tool you have for the job. Um, yeah. I was installing something yesterday, and and I could have used a screwdriver or I could have yeah. used a, a, a ratchet, and I didn't have the ratchet, so I used a screwdriver. Right? It yeah. still got the job done. It wasn't as yeah, easy, yeah. but it still got done. It's installed. So, yep. you know, it, it, the tool is a tool is a tool. Um, yeah. You can make a beautiful website on Squarespace, on WordPress, on ClickFunnels, whatever. You can yep. make an awful site on ClickFunnels, click click WordPress, <laughs> yep. Squarespace, Wix, whatever, right? Yes. Um, what's going to matter is I believe, um, you had mentioned story brand at the front, I believe that messaging is what the design is meant to Ooh. enhance. So yeah. no one ever came to a church because they had a pretty website design. If you have a pretty website and you don't have the right content on there, it's like having a sharp dressed preacher with that beautiful pastel pocket square and he ain't preaching the Bible. Okay. Yep. Um, one, 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 uh, one Sunday I was having lunch with my family, very traditional family. And my uh, grandmother went to my cousin's church and she said, I can't believe that pastor got up there and preached in sandals and shorts. He looked like a bum, but boy, could he preach, right? So they even they admitted like looks are one thing, but the content yeah. is what's important. So yeah, you know I think we get hung up on web design looks, but we don't talk, think about what is the content of the site. What is it supposed to do? What are we asking people to do? What should they do, or what do we want them to do? And is it aligned with our mission? A lot of churches will copy another church's website, and it doesn't align with the mission. And let me tell you this, pastor, church leader, communicator, whoever it is, social media manager who also is in charge of the church website doesn't matter if you're spending $5 a month, $20 a month, $100 a month, $5,000 a month. If you are spending money on a marketing asset that is not aligned with your mission, even if it's $5 a month, you are being a bad steward of your church budget. It must Ooh. be aligned with your mission. So yeah. all that to say, a platform is just a tool. If you can make it look good, that's great. The only caveat is if it takes you more time to where you're spending more time in front of the computer screen than in front of people if your job in, and, and pastoral whatever uh, is supposed to be in front of people. I don't want you to spend time in front of a computer when you should be in front of people. 
So, um, so, so that's the whole thing. So we don't design in WordPress. Uh, we have our own software system. It's a white label of a very popular one. In fact, okay. as soon as you said, we are the most SEO church website, whatever, I'm going to challenge you on that because our platform is one of okay. the only, uh, Google preferred, like actual Google badged, uh, website platforms. So, uh, um, yeah, I would, I would, and, and, okay. and it's, it's, it's whatever, right? Like, I don't care what tool you use. I, yes. I, I would love to do it for you, but if you don't want me to do it or my team to do it, then go with Nils, whatever it is. Here's, here's my personal mission, Nils, real quick. And yeah, I'll yeah. a question to you. Yeah. My personal mission is to see 1 million churches uh, become the cornerstone of their community. Oh, Meaning that. that like every, in the same way, everyone knows where their local Walmart is. They know when it's open, where it is, and what to expect when they go. I believe everyone in your community should know where your church is, when you're open, and what to expect when they go. Um, that's what it means to be a cornerstone of the community. You know, we used to say the driveways used to be empty on Sunday mornings and restaurants didn't open till noon and there were no weekend activities. If we can go back to that, fine. But I want to make sure that everyone knows when, where, and what to expect for their local church, which is you. Because if they don't know you, they'll know someone else and they will judge your church based on what they know of them. Um, so I want, I want that to be it. And, and the reason I started this marketing agency is because I believe as an American church, we have a lot to fight with. Uh, yes. so it's very different helping a church, uh, become better known in America than it is really anywhere else. So our, our passion really is the American church. Now to, you, to answer your second question, yeah. SEO, um, yes. SEO is very important. Um, yeah. you hear it often said that the website is the front door of the church. That's not the case anymore. The website is your foyer. Because in order for someone to go to your website, they basically had to make the decision to enter your home. Now, once they're on your website, that's your foyer. That's where you direct them to go. Here's the living room. Here's the coat rack. Here's the bedroom. Here's the bathroom. Here's the kitchen, right? You're directing people where you want them to go. That's the same on your website. Do you want to plan and visit? Do you want to watch a sermon? Do you want to sign up for a kid's ministry? But they have to have entered the door of your website. So what is the actual front door of your website? It's Google, Okay. That's where you have to show up. That's where you have to show up on top of everyone else. You have to stand out from everyone else and you have to use a message there and 320 characters or less that says, hey, this is for you. Click here. There will be something for you and your life if you look at our website. Um, so that's really the front door. So you have to be able to be found. You have to be able to be found. And not only that, Nils, uh, I'm sure you know this, maybe your audience knows this or not. When you do a Google search, Churches near me, churches in Houston, whatever, churches in South San Francisco. Websites do not show up first. What does show up? Local places. This is called your Google business profile. So before anyone even sees the world, even if you're ranked number one, you ain't number one. Because you're going to get those local places first. And then you're gonna also going to get ads first. Like the church is using Google grants or just paying for ads. So you've got to get that local presence. And with the Google business profile, if you do what no other church is doing with how you optimize it, both on-site and off-site, you will be in that top three spot. And that's where all the magic is. That's where a majority of traffic is. And if you get in that top spot, doesn't matter if you have a pretty well-designed SEO-friendly website. If you can get that top spot just on your local uh, Google business profile, you're going to see a massive jump in traffic. Then that's when you worry about design and your message because that's where you want to get engagement. But you've got to get people to click first. That's so good, man. Uh, I, I mean, I think, and it's so practical. And, and so I, I, I'm, I'm, my mind is still racing around 
the million churches being the cornerstone of their community. Uh, I, I, I want to come back to the messaging on the website. I, I, I think you spoke, you know, uh, so clearly and articulately to what, what the purpose of a website is. Um, and I, and, and we always want to bring things with this podcast, we can social media focus, how does social media fit into this? But, but I think oh, we, we can, get, say we can get into social media. We can I, get into I, social good, media for good. sure. But, but I want to stay on the website because I think the website is such a, a missing app. It's become such an afterthought uh, for, for so many churches. And I think practically, and, and I think even your point of like, let's say get there, um, we got to put them into what room to go into and, and, and so many other pieces. And, and, and that messaging is, it's, it's, it, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, there's so many thoughts as to, you know, how much time we put into the paint on the walls, but not the words uh, on there. And that, that just clarity of where your church is, when you're open and what to expect when you go, that uh, is so clear and practical. What, Justin, what, what are the, what are the mistakes uh, that, that you see churches making uh, when it comes to maybe specifically that homepage of their website uh, and how they're not effectively articulating that or and is there an example is there like a church who like this church has nailed it uh, people should be looking at that because they they really articulate that effectively so the number one mistake is a lot of church websites just brag about themselves and and i totally understand the reason right many church leaders pastors or, or even marketers think that if they're coming to our website, they want to learn about us. That is not true. If they come to your church website, they want to learn what you can do for them. And so instead of building yourself up, like how great are we? Don't you want to be a part of this? We need to stop talking about us and start talking about the prospective guest or your community. And what kind of transformation can they experience if they connect with your church? So instead of building up us to be the hero, or instead of even building up Jesus to be the hero, we need to focus on the person and then what happens when they connect with the church or when they connect with Jesus. Like we know the answer is Jesus. Okay. Uh, we know the answers come from scripture, but in the same way, you don't just step in the pulpit and you just read the Bible, right? You preach a sermon, you make it connect and engage and call people to take action, whether that's an altar call or come forward or whatever, make a decision. The same thing with the website. We want to showcase and use modern marketing techniques that people are used to that will capture attention, compel attention, and challenge their preconceived notions. Because you know this, Nils, if you ask 100 people what is a church, you'll get 173 different answers, right? So you want to showcase not that you're a church, but that you are your church. You are uniquely equipped to uniquely reach a unique group of people. And yeah, you're one of 50 churches in town, but how are you best equipped to serve me, your prospective guests? What kind of transformation can I expect when I visit your church? And so that's really what you want to kind of communicate is like, what's in it for me? You want to showcase, this is what's in it for you. Are you tired of having a boot on your neck? Are you tired of constantly being sick and poor and just, and just dead, feeling dead, right? And I'm not talking poor money. I'm talking about poor in spirit. Like, like are you tired of that? Do you want something else? You shouldn't have to live this way. Well, guess what? Jesus is the answer and our church can help introduce you to him because we're there too. We're on that journey. We're just like you and we're just a few steps ahead. So we want to bring you along this ride with us. That's really what you want to really focus in on and, and, and 
get that website there. So that's the number one biggest mistake, and especially on the homepage, because that's going to be your number one visited page, right? Um, you're going to get people that, you know, your church invite, right? Word of mouth. I always hear from churches. Most people come to our church because of word of mouth. Do you think every person that finds out about you is coming? Or do you think some people hear about it and they're either apathetic or they decide against it because there's no real reason. I tried church before, I've been hurt before, or I've seen churches too much on the news. Are you speaking and challenging that and saying, we are not like those other churches. We are this church. God has called us to plant for a unique purpose and you might just be that purpose. So that's what you really have to lean in and focus on. Um, a good example, I would say, um, full deliver. I would, I would go with full deliverance Baptist church. They're a very unique church in South Florida. Um, you can, it's changing your direction.org. Um, we're still kind of, uh, doing the site, but they are, they are in the top three spot of SEO. We've taken them from three guests a month to an average of 20, um, even some months going up to 30. Uh, from people finding them, their messages, people listening to their live streams and watching the replays are going up. Uh, we're actually revisiting the copy because I think it could be even more clear on what people can expect. Um, but you'll see we utilize the very basic story brand framework on the homepage so people can see this is about you. No matter where you've been, what you've done, we want you. To, we want to equip you to live better, love better, serve better, and give better. Because what is a better transformation than a, in a community where the average uh, the average income I think was twenty seven thousand a year? Okay. What better transformation is there in that? God will equip you and bless you so much that you're going to be no longer asking and begging, but you're going to be the one giving because God is going to over overpour into you. So that's really kind of the messaging that we look at. And it's very inspiring when people come, they're, they're being spiritually healed, physically healed. I love Pastor Victor. Shout out to him. Um, that's a great example that you go look. One of our best clients, uh, we've been together for a little over a year now. And uh, if you want to look at websites, that's, that's, that's one I would, I would point you to. And I don't, I don't like to pimp out my clients that much. So I don't speak too much about my clients. Uh, yeah. But that's one that, that you can go look. Because he does, have, he, yeah. he does have a more than a local focused ministry. He does want to have one day a national ministry. What, one of the things I love that you just said, Justin, is that that you definitively said they're seeing, you know, from three new families a month to 20 families a month. Uh, that On that, average, yeah. On, on average. And and I think practically what, what I hear when you say that is you're measuring results. And I think what the mistake that I see too many people make in, in marketing is like, I feel like it's working. I feel like it's, and, and we don't have to feel. Uh, our our way into is this working or is this not working? Uh, because we definitively should be able to know if our marketing efforts are working. We can see how much website traffic we're getting. We can ask people when they come, how did you find us? Uh, but there, there are lots of ways that we can measure the effectiveness of our marketing. Uh, and if you're not doing that, uh, then you need to start doing that. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and, and I think you'll likely find that maybe even what you think is working isn't working as well as you think it's working. And there might be things that are working really well that you don't realize are working really well. Um, Look, we all, we, yeah. we all know Miss June in the church that says, people are telling me, and you and I know, <laughs> yes. it's just her and her two friends, okay? And, and But she's the loudest and she's the most noisy. So you make a change and you end up uh, putting an obstacle in front of 30 people to remove the obstacle from three, right? Um, so, you know, measurement is so important to us. Data quality is very important to us. That's why another reason why I don't like to pimp out clients is because, you know, I go on a podcast and mention the client in Indiana 
all of a sudden there's a jump and it just totally messes up our metrics. And uh, we yeah. even have to put special links in our proposals that don't track those clicks because they will get clicked. Um, but uh, yeah, that that is very important. And now you have to understand too, there's two forms of measurements called quantitative and qualitative, right? So quantitative, you can actually firmly measure with numbers. Qualitative is going to be a little bit more like survey style. So I love connect cards. How did you hear about us? Every event you do at your church, even if it's not a proper form, someone needs to ask new people, how did you hear about us? Um, we did a Facebook ad to a local neighborhood and uh, we had 150 people come and 70, 70 something, I want to say 75, uh, came because of the Facebook ad because that was part of registration to ask, how did you hear about this event? Um, there were no posters, there were no yard signs. Literally the only thing that we're running are word of mouth and Facebook ads. So that was the only way that they could hear them if they didn't know, know about the church. Um, yeah. so that's, that's very simple. Like, even if it's not as proper form, if you're a small church, right? A lot of church communicators, especially will ask me, well, how, how are we going to find that out? I can't change the connect card. Yeah. Ask them, make it standard operating procedure for your greeter. When they shake someone's hand, they've never seen, is this your first time? Oh, okay, great. How did you hear about us? Yeah. Right. And then somehow report that back. Like it's, it's, we make it more difficult in our head, but we need to actually do that because that's how you're going to know what's working. Yeah. Uh, the same way that businesses need to know what's working so we don't waste our money. Uh, churches need to know what's working so we don't waste valuable church budget. And whatever is working, double down. Because if it brought 20 people in, it can absolutely bring 40 people in if your church can handle it. Yes. That's so good, man. So good. I, Our listeners right now are getting the ultimate consulting session from a brilliant marketer. Uh, so just, I appreciate it so transparently sharing some of these thoughts. I'm going to go back to just, I'm going to repeat some what my biggest takeaway so far from our conversation the Please way back do. To I, I often i often find i'm a train wreck so when people repeat things back to me it gives it to me with so much more clarity i'm like man why didn't i say it that way go ahead Mills. what <laughs> well, uh, this me, is, give me this is exactly of, how you yeah. said it uh but because i think i i just want our listeners to 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 go home remembering this is your church website needs to communicate to people where your church is when you're open and what to expect when you go so as you, as you go back to this conversation, continue to think it through. And this is something you should be asking yourself and reviewing your website regularly is does our church website effectively communicate where our church is, when we're open and what to expect when we go. Uh, and if it doesn't fix it <laughs> and if it mm -hmm. does make it a little better. Uh, yeah. Well, and, even and more importantly, through. even more importantly is does it communicate? I mean, that whole, what to expect where you are and, and what to expect when you go. Like that's that's the whole general marketing thing yes. you want. The end goal essentially for awareness. Uh, but for your website specifically, is it on mission? And is Jesus there? I think there are so many opportunities that you and I know, if we look in the analytics, 300 people can visit the site. And out of that 300, maybe three plan a visit. And of those yes. three that plan a visit, only one or two are gonna show up. What about yeah. the other 297? Yes. Well, if you just preach your church on your website, who wants to be involved in just another building, another organization? Yeah. There needs to be something more than there. So make sure your website also communicates Jesus in the con or really your church within the context of Jesus is a very important thing to remember. Yeah. Um, so make make a pathway, make it super easy and simple for people to not only learn about the church, but learn why the church, why Jesus. What what is again, what is it what is in it for me? Why should I care? Um, because mm -hmm. again, no one, even if you put it on your website, Hey, we need Sundays at 1107. Isn't that cool? 
Like, yeah, yeah it's cool, but no one ever went to a church because yeah. they met on Sundays yeah, at eleven oh seven, right? They come to church because there's something there that they want. And so, so, pro- so really so getting bring that out. So getting into the weeds of it, sorry, and and I there's man, there's so many things I want to talk about. Uh um, but should people have a, a video on their homepage or no video? What do you, what do you think is the best best practice here from like an man, invitation standpoint? I I am the worst person to ask for blanket advice. My answer to that is always going to be, what do the analytics say? What does the data say? I was on a, I was on, a, I was doing an interview a couple months ago and he said, you know, how often should we be redesigning our site? And I said, well, if the data says it every month, every 30 days, you need to be checking your website data. Yeah. Now, if you have a video, this is one of the things, actually the website that I shared with you earlier, uh, they, we are experimenting now with adding more video to the site to see if that helps with our on-page and our bounce rate stats. Because we know from the analytics, if we can get people to not bounce, there's a greater chance that they will take an engage, what we call an engagement step, yeah. um, which is basically doing something we want them to do. So uh, video or no video, hey, put a video on there and compare it to the data from before you had a video. And you'll be surprised, there are some churches that operate, their websites do better without the video because mm. they're either in New York, and they're too yep. busy to watch a video. They're yeah, yeah. in South Florida. They don't have the bandwidth to watch a video. Uh, and so, or, you know, maybe you put it on there and they're in California. They're taking their time. They got plenty of bandwidth in Silicon Valley. So they'll watch a video. So a video works better on their site. It really comes down to what works best for your church and communicates to your people. And think about it simply in the terms of language, right? Did we have a Spanish translation on our website? If you have a large Spanish speaking group in your community and you want to reach them and you're equipped to reach them, yes, but that's not a blanket advice for everyone. If you're a church that's ministering to a Korean speaking community, then you should have Korean, not Spanish, right? So in the same way we treat language, we need to treat all these different options that we have for our website as does this accomplish our mission, which is to get more people to connect with the pastor or connect with our discipleship groups or come to church, whatever that next step is. The video could help it. The video could not. You really have to experiment. So make the decision to try it and then just review the analytics. Uh, now, all that said, in our experience, a video uh, works best for very specific pages. Um, your, your audience is pretty savvy. So when I say landing page, they probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, VBS landing page, book landing pages, um, even plan a visit could be a landing page, right? But your general homepage from what we've seen, video number two works best where we want that headline caption, click a button or scroll. And if they scroll, they're willing to spend some time. That's when they're willing to watch a video. So that's what we've seen in our analytics. That's it's, usually our starting point. Yeah. It, it, it may even be always the same. Changing. You might, you might even see that on, on the form of the website. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's that's really insightful and thoughtful. And I think it, it is kind of, let's see, you know, maybe we're having a conversation six months from now and you're seeing different data. And I love that you're really making a lot of your recommendations based on the data that you're seeing. And I, and I think that's valuable for churches as a whole to hear because we can collectively learn from each other mm-hmm. uh, in that way so that we can, you know, million churches can that's have one of, that's one of a my great website. Things. That's yeah. one of my favorite things about having an agency is yeah. one of the things we do, and I've always done this, it's so important to me, is annual audits on the website. Even if you just pay me for the software and we don't touch your website, which we really don't do anymore, uh, me and my team will look at the site and we'll compare it to what we're seeing work on other sites. So for example, yeah. contact forms. 
used to be a really great thing. People don't want to fill out contact forms anymore because they don't know where it's going. They don't know who's got their data and they're not sure if they're even going to get an answer, right? Yeah. So what is working now? Web chat. So now we're going back on sites and like, hey, contact forms used to work. We're seeing in your data that people aren't filling them out, but we're seeing in other church data that people are doing web chat, which then yeah. converts yeah. into a text conversation, which then converts into pastor praying for someone, which then converts into an invite, right? There's a line that we can follow. So we make that recommendation. Hey, we're seeing a lot of this happening. So let's try, let's try it on your site. Um, yeah. So that's a little, little thing there too. If you're like, man, no one fills out these contact forms. Contact forms are out, man. Like very <laughs> rarely do, do they work better than web chat? Get web chat. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, that, that's one of the things where it's like, yeah, review the data. And I love as an agency, we can see everyone's data uh, and, and analytics and, and what's working for them. So then we can make those recommendations to future clients or even as we review past clients uh, to get them more wins, essentially. Because again, your website is a living, breathing. In the same way, you don't just buy a building and you just move in and you never do any maintenance or updates or renovations. Yep. Yep. Like your website is the same thing. Yeah. One even more so than, than I think a physical building. Uh, so practically web chat, is there a tool you'd recommend with web chat? What, and do you keep, do you literally have to be behind chatting with people all the time or out? Yeah. How does, how does web chat work? Uh, yeah. So web chat, there are a dime a dozen. There's lots of different ways you can do it. There's so yep. much more than just the Facebook messenger bot, uh, which you can use and put on your site. It's free. Uh, what we use, we use a tool uh, for our clients that actually it's a web chat, but it's more of like what we would call in business, a lead generator where they can ask a question and then the pastor or church leader can text them back. So that way it, it, we jump right into that text conversation. So there's an easy way to follow up with that person and know they get them. Um, there's another one that I love. I absolutely love. And by the way, in case people are like, I'm just a small church and, and, and this won't work, any, none of this will work for us. Maybe you want to clip this and put it up front. Our average church size that we work with as an agency is 125. Our smallest church is 30. Our largest church uh, is 240, I think. Everything else is in between, right? Because once you get to 300, you can hire your own person. You don't need us, right? And we want to get you to that point. Uh, so, you know, this works for small churches like the 30. Ooh. This works for medium churches like the 240. Of course, it works for larger churches. So all that said, um, there's another platform that I love. It's called birdseed.io. It's, it's run by our friend uh, Tyler Rominger. And uh, that is a fan. It, it, it is the best. The only reason we don't use it for our clients is because it is a little cost prohibitive at $49 a month. Uh, but that one, you can have the web chat pop up with a video and they can ask a question and you can reply with a video. And it's got all the cool, fun buttons that we love to kind of seamlessly trans transition people into different parts of the website or different FAQs or different ministries. And you can also do live chat. Uh, yeah. So that's, that, that is my favorite. Um, so you've got lots of different options there. We have one that we prefer because of the kind of clients and churches we work with. Um, and then with most web chats, you can turn on office hours. You can turn on auto replies. You just need to find the one that works best for you. I love that. Um, one of the things we had when I was at Community Bible Church was uh, we actually hired a full-time digital receptionist. Uh, we called her I love that. on our website. And one of the things we found is actually keeping in, in where she, she was most actively engaged was Saturday night and Sunday morning because that's when we saw 50% of our website traffic as people were searching for church on Saturday night and Sunday morning and when they could actually go to our website and chat 
with someone uh, to help them uh, prepare and attend that Sunday. Uh, that, that it was exceptional, uh, the response that we found from that. Um, and that was 10 years ago. You know, I think these tools have come a long way uh, since and the automation, you know, opportunities too mm-hmm. are tremendous. Yeah. Good. Justin, let's, let's talk social media. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going on here. Uh, but I, uh, this conversation has just been so, uh, I don't, in case, in case you haven't been able to tell, I, I can't do short conversations. I'm sorry. <laughs> drives my wife mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so talk about social media. How does social media fit into all of this from a marketing standpoint? What do you, what do you see churches that are using social media best for marketing and social media churches that are making a mistake on, on social media? What, what do you say? So, um, what I'm about to share may upset some of your audience, um, but I want you to understand where I'm coming from. The reason why I started Nava Church Marketing and not Nava Church Communications is because marketing is a subset of communications. A lot of times when we say communications, it's really a PC term for marketing, but a lot of church communicators and especially social media people, I, I wanna I wanna I wanna separate the two. Communications is more internally focused, which is like you're you're posting to social media because you're reaching people that already know you. I want to help the church get out into the community to reach people that don't even know that they don't know the church, right? People don't know what they don't know. And so in order for, I believe, to, for your church to really serve a marketing purpose and a promotional purpose, you have to do whatever it takes to get your church social media presence in front of those people that would never follow you in the first place. And the one thing, Nils, that just breaks my heart, because I was there too. I'm still there some days with my business and my social media. I'm like, why am I wasting my time posting organically? Um, when we post organically, I ask people like, what's your social media strategy? Oh, we post every day or we post three times a week or we post three times a day. You have to understand that that's great. I love that. But unless you're doing it on reels or TikTok, when you post organically to your Instagram, your YouTube, your Facebook or whatever, even your groups, especially your groups, right? You're only reaching the people that know you or you're only reaching the people that are friends of the people that know you. You're essentially reaching a circle or a circle of a circle. You're not expanding yourself. You're not getting out there. So my favorite social media strategy is to play the game the way it's supposed to be played. Now we can make our own rules after we get the the people on, online, but you got to put some money in that advertising. You just have to. There is mm. no ifs, ands, or buts. If you're going to be cheap about it, you're going to get cheap results. So my favorite strategy right now uh, if you're going to post organically, Reels or TikTok, don't waste your time with anything else. Um, and groups, if you want to be super like into it. I love Facebook groups, love all that stuff. But you've got to, if, you're, if your focus is to bring more people to the church, if your focus is to get better known, if your pur- purpose is to open up more discipleship opportunities, Reels and TikToks, where you're going to be at, and then advertising on all the other platforms. Pay to play, doesn't cost that much, $5 a day, right? There's mo- there can be money in the budget, Okay. And you're going to reach so many more people, and not only that, so many more new people than a poster or, or a yard sign on the corner of the busiest intersection or a new sign, right? Um, you're going to reach so many more people and open up so many more relationships that way. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the number one thing. And you've got to be intentional about it. you got to be purposeful about it. You can't just say, join us Sunday morning at 10.07 p.m. or a.m. because we're so cool. Like, again, what's in it for me? know who you want to target and then get super deep into the creativity of that. Um, so, uh, a good example is, uh, uh, we, ha- we have a client that has a good sense of humor. And so we targeted the community with a Simpsons joke and we targeted men 
who also liked the Simpsons. And we made a Simpsons joke. And more people connected with the church based off of that ad than any generic plan a visit. Can we pray yes. for you? Which I love prayer ads. Uh, but you know, get super creative. If you're gonna run a VBS ad, run it to single moms because they're they're the ones that need VBS the most. Um, don't run it to just the whole community. Run it to parents. Um, if you're doing uh, um, some kind of event where you're gonna be asking for donations or you know car wash or whatever, run it to people with over a hundred thousand dollars of income. Yes. Because they're going to be the ones with loose change in their pocket that they're going to want to not only pay for a car wash, but they'll drop a 20 in the bucket on their way out too. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. So yeah. uh, be intentional and go ahead and just pay to play because you're going to see so you're you're going to you're going to have to sit there and you'll be like, what? trust me, Mills, you, your audience, when they, you know, when they do this for a month, instead of just posting three times a day, stop posting and just run three ads for the month. You're going to have so many people that your deacons are calling, your pastor's calling, that are messaging you and you're having conversations and sharing Jesus in the DMs. You're going to wonder, why was I wasting so much time trying to come up with the next biggest, what's your favorite movie uh, to watch on Halloween post? Like, if you really want to reach more people, do you really want to make more disciples, pay to play. You're going to see so much better results. That's my favorite thing right now. Whether that's Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads, uh, or the Google grant, um, even TikTok, YouTube. You know, throw some ads on there, do some ads and see what they do because they may work really well for your church. Interesting. I love it. And, and I, I mean, I think I'll, I'll second your opinion around short form vertical videos where it's at. We've talked about it a lot here on yeah. the podcast right now is organic reach that you got to do that. But, but from a, uh, from an ROI standpoint, you have to value your time. And if you're going to value your time, uh, pay to play is going to maximize your time investment into the content you're creating and, and, and the action you're wanting people to take. Uh, and as we, you know, wrap up, I, I want to get into how people connect with you, Jess, but what, is there an ad platform that you, you're seeing the best ROI from right now? Cause it's, it, it feels like that's a moving target as well. Man, that is a, that is a moving target. So as an agency, we only run Facebook ads, which also run yep. on Instagram and, yep. uh, Google ads. We have the Google brands okay. or if the church yep. wants to pay. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for a TikTok ad person. I'm looking for a YouTube ad person that can enable yep. us. Once you throw a video into the mix, it gets even harder. Uh, so as an agency, we're still navigating that. Uh, but I would say you've got to at least be, uh, intentionally posting to reels and TikTok. That's where organic can still work to get in front of new people. Um, and Facebook ads, we're seeing really great just because of the targeting. Um, for example, new mover ads. And just a picture of the pastor or a selfie video. Hey, uh, I'm pastor so-and-so. I'm just down the road from you. Um, I'd love to pray for you if you're going through something, right? And this is where you get a little cheeky, right? It's like, hey, if you're going through some change in life, if you're going through something difficult, bro, these guys are trying to move into a house. They're trying to figure this out. They paid first month's rent, last month's rent. They ain't got no money. They're eating cans of beans. They're trying to figure yeah. out school for their kids, right? Or they they just went through a divorce or they just got married. Yeah, there's going to be some change in their yeah. life and they will respond to that. Um, that's why Facebook works so well is because we are intentional with our audience targeting and then matching the creative to the audience. That's where a massive amount of ROI, we get we get messages for very cheap. Um, and so, you know, for less than a dollar, you can open up a new relationship with a family that just moved in um, and, and and start a dialogue there. Um, the way, I, the way I, I, I go in church marketing is I don't, focus on broadcasting a message. I focus on broadcasting an invite into a relationship. 
I believe the church is called to make disciples and the best way to make disciples is through relationships. So when I do marketing, I don't take it from a blast information out there. I want to open up as many relationship opportunities to then go into discipleship opportunities. So that's where we're seeing the greatest ROI on those Facebook ads, Instagram ads that call people to start a conversation uh, or go to the website where there's a chatbot waiting to start a conversation. Uh, That's where I'm seeing a lot of stuff happen. Um, Now, uh, TikTok ads, YouTube ads, if you want to give that a shot, give that a shot. I've seen some great results from YouTube. We just haven't done it ourselves. So I don't feel qualified to speak on that specifically other than I'm hearing it's going really well. And I hope to, to offer that as a service someday soon. Uh, so yeah, that's that's where we're seeing is, is where you can get a one-on-one conversation. That's where the biggest ROI is. That's great. They had such great advice across the board for church marketing, church websites, church social media, uh, church SEO. Uh, Justin, thank you for sharing your brilliance uh, here with us today. Uh, if you could, if people are interested in learning more about what you do and who you are, uh, where, where can they connect with you online? So the best place to connect with me is actually uh, in the same podcast app you're listening to this to, YouTube, Spotify, whatever. Just go search the best known church show and you can subscribe to me there. Uh, and it is uh, a podcast. It's been on hiatus for the month because of our innovations, but it's taking longer. So I'm just going to have to do it with my dinky AirPods. Uh, so we're going to start back up this week, I decided. Uh, but that's the best. That's a great place to come and, and really dive deeper into this. Um, I know my lane. It's marketing. We don't talk about emails to your congregation. We don't talk about organic social media posts. We talk about messaging, branding, website, SEO, advertising, and public relations. That's it. It's all about getting your church to more people. So in the same app you're listening to this too, because we're everywhere. Go find the best known church show. If you want to learn more about us as an organization, you can go to navachurchmarketing.com. But that's less important. I want you on the podcast. You're, you've got a great audience of podcast listeners. I want them to also join me on, on, on the best known church show. Uh, so you can find more information there. Great. Well, I love it. We, we will share uh, those links in the show notes and you can go to socialmedia.church too. Uh, we, we will link uh, for sure. We'll put it right at the top, uh, a link to the podcast. And then we'll also have links to Justin's social media, Justin's website, all, all of those other things. Uh, but make sure you go find that podcast and soak up. I mean, I think the wisdom you likely gained from this 40 minute uh, conversation, uh, you can probably get hours of wisdom uh, there on that podcast. And so uh, you can dive deeper there. And uh, Justin, thank you so much for your time and your investment uh, here to our listeners. We're so grateful for what you do and who you are. Thanks for joining us. 